everybody welcome once again to the rec poker podcast sponsored as always by running aces casino racetrack and hotel and website amp and this chats edition of the podcast we get to talk to the one and only veronica brill super excited to have her on the podcast we're going to talk mike postle poker go uh, social issues raised because some of the actions in the of those in the poker industry and, and a few other things kl Clayton, we'll talk about him as well so uh, really excited about this but let's first quickly introduce our panel. My name is Steve Fredland. I go by Rec Poker Steve in the Poker Stars home game. And in honor of being on location in Council Bluffs, Iowa for the Run Good Poker Series, uh, I offer the quote from Field of Dreams, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. And I'm Chris <laughs> Jones. Uh, I'm 5 by 5 on Poker Stars and Twitter. And I got, uh, I was really excited this weekend. I played my first uh, live uh tournament uh for real so it was a fun it was a fun weekend uh, i'm jim reed uh, bluff Starini in the home game and you can learn about me and everyone else on the wrecking crew by going to wreck.poker slash crew and i'm just excited about being able to maybe book a flight to vegas sometime soon i am john somsky Oh, oh, I am he, also muted. That's no, perfect. That's he perfect. He Somsky did it. He Somsky did it. He's okay. did it, John. It's so really I'm John you. Somsky, Poker Geek Gammon everywhere. And I have a quote from Mike Caro. Aces are larger than life and greater than mountains. Oh, impressive. All right. Well, so after this the- is a, I feel like this is an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Like, <laughs> do I, was I supposed to bring some sort of introduction? Yes. Yeah. Hi, hi, Veronica. Hi, Veronica. Yeah. Hi. My name is John, and I'm a pokerholic. No, My for name sure. is Veronica, and I'm recovering from No Limit Hold'em. I'm currently now moving on to PLO. So. Oh, that's yeah. That'll be that'll be really good for your health to make that transition. Congratulations on that. Well, yeah, I'm seeing a cardiologist, so I'm I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. Well, we were, our, our Airbnb is right next to a hospital. So we're pretty excited about that just in case it comes to that uh, this week for any, any of us, because there is some Perfect. Omaha So action. if you don't go broke in the casino, you're going to go broke by going to the hospital. So <laughs> right. it's one right. way or the other, we're going to get you. Either way, we're full on degenerate. So that's, that's a good <laughs> thing. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, I mean, it's been, it's great to have you on here. Let's, let's, we have so many things we could talk about. So it's sort of this, this wide spectrum of thing, but I kind of want to start with with your beginning, if you don't mind a little bit, I know you told the story, but kind of how did you get into the whole poker world to start with? Was it was it through playing? Was it reporting? Like, where did all of this Angry Pollock uh, on Twitter poker playing start? Well, Angry Pollock, the name, it derives from just being Polish and having a very loud family and people coming over to my house and being like, why are you guys all yelling at each other? And I'm like, we're not. Why are you guys so angry? We're not. This is just the way we talk. So it's, it's a little play on that. Um, I'm just loud. I've always been like this and people think I'm yelling and angry and I'm not. Uh, sometimes I am, but mostly not. <laughs> um, and I, I guess I started poker because uh, my first boyfriend that I dated throughout most of my 20s uh, was a poker player, um, a terrible one. <laughs> now, now that I've played against him and talked to him about poker, but uh back then the game was easier. So yeah, he was gone playing a lot. And I was like, well, I can do anything that he can do. So I um, started getting interested in it, thinking about what it is, what kind of game it is. And then the very first home I bought in Canada, 
Um, there is a poker show or channel in Canada. I think it's just called like the poker channel or something, but it shows like all these old British poker TV shows, like all the old cash games with like devil fish and, mm. um, and, and I was just, that was the, so this old satellite dish was on this house and, um, that's like the only channel that I could get on that satellite dish. Cause I was too broke to buy cable. Um, and so somehow I got this one channel um, and uh, I just watched poker like 24 seven when I wasn't working. And then I started going to the casino. Oh, that's so awesome. So I know you have like a, a math stats background. Tell me a little bit more about that. Like, is that something? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm an actuary. I'm an actuary by trade. So I'm, I'm, I need to hear about your math and stats background. Um, I would say that like the struggle is in the math. I'm not, it's not my strength, but I've grown to love, I like part of my job is data science, but it's not the majority of my job. Uh, my undergrad's in uh, nursing and I haven't finished my master's, but it's in predictive analytics and data science. Mm. So I do apply that in my job right now as a systems analyst. So I love part that, of yeah. my job, but I, I would say like, I'm not doing any regression analysis. I'm not doing anything crazy. I do more like day-to-day -day operational analytics for decisions they need to make on the fly. I love that. I could pick your brain for hours and that that's what I did in the corporate world for, for many, many years. But uh, I don't like that you call regression analysis crazy, but other than that, uh, I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, it is crazy when you're just like getting the mean for people all day. Like, it's funny how much you learn in school. And then people are like, I just want to know the average. And you're like, stop oh, saying oh, average. Thank, it hurts my you. head. Yes. But, thank you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I think one of my favorite things about analytics is just visually being able to take data and make it palpable for the person who needs to make the decision and just understanding that data. So. And, and I know that's like, that's part of the story of, the Stones gambling hall situation, right? Because you have an understanding of, of mathematics, of statistics, some of those things just weren't adding up, right? So let's let's talk a little bit about maybe how, how did you get into that gig? You know, the, what was your job with Stones and, and kind of how did you get in, get started in that stream? Yeah, I, um, so a guy named Roger Bailey started Stones Live and I was sort of an acquaintance with him, sort of friends at the time. Um, we had a bit of a falling out because he's um, a dirtbag, but you know, that's a different story, but he, he, he told other, me he other than that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it's poker, like they're, they're everywhere. Right. But yeah. not, all, not everyone, but there's like, they're, they seep into the system. Mm -hmm. But uh, so he started, um, he started stones live and I was like, Hey, I used to, I used to host, beauty pageants. I had a radio show. I was a DJ. Like I'm, I can do some entertainment, put me in there with a pro and let's have a show. So he said, okay, can you find a co-host? And so, uh, my freight friend, uh, Jake Rosensteel, um, he still lives out in Sacramento. Um, he played poker professionally for a while. And I asked him, I begged him for days and days and days to be my co-host. He finally agreed. <laughs> Um, and it worked out most of the time. We argued a lot, but most of the time it worked out. <laughs> okay, so you're, so you're doing the live stream with this thing, and I know we're just kind of fast-forwarding through the story pretty quick, but, you know, there's a guy on the stream, Mike Possum, right? And you sound like you played with him quite a well, bit yourself. He didn't start out cheating, right? He started, right, he started right. cheating, like, 
um, a couple years in. So I saw like this very averaged middle-aged, so I'm going to just quote like Wired magazine here, this moon faced <laughs> cherub, I think they call them or something like cherubic or whatever. But like, you know, he was just like this average guy. He was a nice guy in the poker room, liked to have fun, was lots of action, um, but was like a barely a break even to five player. And then one day he's propelled to this God status. Um, a lot of it didn't make sense. I, so I have some really good social circles within poker. And that includes like a lot of high stakes regs and they're successful for long periods of time because they have very similar, uh, attributes. And, um, he just didn't fit that mold. Like he was cognitively unaware of what he was doing and he was unable to talk me through the process of a hand he was, he was playing in. And he was just, I don't know if you watched any interviews with him and um, Justin Caritas that like that interview is just like cringeworthy. He's so cognitively unaware of what is going on. And even a one, two player who's, who's not that good at the game still understands, like still can walk you through why they did what they did or what they were thinking or whatever it is. And he was unable to do any of that. And every time I talked to him, he was just, um, it didn't make sense that he was as, as successful as he was. And then mm -hmm. I watched him play. He was not playing in a manner which would make you consistent money. It would, you would be having one great heater and then dusting off your stack, like mm -hmm. for the next nine months, it just, none of it made sense to me. Um, and then, yeah, the very last time I watched him play, I was, I had already gone to stones and Justin Caritas. I had already, um, done everything I could. And I was like, Justin Caritas is incompetent. He can't see a cheater in front of him. I'm pretty sure this guy's cheating. I'm just going to let poker players decide people who are more competent than me in poker. And so you, I mean, there was, there was a process there where you brought it to stones and kind of gave them an opportunity to investigate or discover. And then at some point you just said, well, clearly nothing's going to happen here. So I need to take the initiative. What, what was it kind of in you? Cause not everybody has that. I, I think there's a, there's definitely a courageous element to that, but like, what is it in you that, that sort of said, I have to bring this to light. Cause there could have been other people that maybe had the same, the same understanding. Yeah, a lot that you of people did. thought he was cheating. A right. lot of people were gossiping about him cheating in the poker room. So what do you I think was it was just, with you that, that, that drove you to the point of saying, I, I can't stay quiet. I'm stupid. I don't know. Like I, <laughs> I, I have, I didn't have the foresight to see how fucking miserable my life was going to be mm. for the next two years. But seriously, I honestly thought when I tweeted that everyone would be like, well, let's objectively look at the data. You know, that's, that's exactly right. what I thought. I'm just absolutely an idiot. I had no idea that I'd have, uh, threats against me that he would create like fucking a hundred new Twitter accounts to s practically stalk me. Like it's, it's just mm. been a miserable, uh, experience for me. So, um, yeah, I was just like an idiot. I'd had no idea. I just assume I've always just wanted to do the right thing. Have I always been a perfect person in my life? No, but, um, I want to just do the right thing. I just think in my life, I should be calling out things that are wrong um, and just doing the right thing. That's about it. I don't think I'm a special person. I'm just, I just can't like sit around and let someone cheat. It's just not my thing. I'm just going to call it out.
Well, you know, I think from the whole entire poker community, you really do need to be commended because that took a lot of guts, um, particularly just having enough confidence to say, you know, I really think there's something going on here. And when you brought the accusations out, I thought you did it in a very fair way saying, guys, take a look at this. Something seems to be off to me here. Can you look at it as well? It wasn't a, wow, this guy is a dirty scumbag. He's definitely cheating. It was a very good manner. And I think that took a lot of guts. And I think the entire poker community uh, owes you a debt of gratitude. And I hope it will help other people do similar things in the future when it comes to play. Well, first, I'd hope it never becomes necessary in the future, but secondly, that I, other people can do it as well. I very much appreciate that. And I do think, you know, looking back at all of this, we did have a positive outcome, a, a positive resolution. I know that the DOJ is basically incompetent and nothing will be done to him. But um, I do think that the poker community has now been made aware of a cheater. We also have other live streams that have beefed up their security. Um, and yeah, I mean, that I, I still think there was a good outcome to all of this. And I'm just kind of curious because I know Steve also, uh, I'm always interested in how Steve's background in uh, actuarial math and that kind of thing helps him approach study uh, poker. Um, do you think there is something about the way that your mind works in that way that just made this kind of easier for you to say, hey, something's not right here? Or was there a way to look at it in that, in that light that sort of made it easier for you or someone with your background? Well, I just think, I, I, like, I, I hate like tooting my own horn in these kinds of spots. I just think that I guess a good data scientist will think about, think outside the box and take a lot of different variables into consideration and not look at things in a vacuum. So if you look at each individual hand in a vacuum or maybe one, one show, you'll say, okay, he's running good. Oh, I can, I can see this spot. You know, some people would play it like this. Um, but if you look at it big picture, the pattern starts to not make sense. So I guess that might be, yeah, I feel like you're giving me too much credit. Uh, I, yeah, I was just pissed off and he, he was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's the bottom line, right? I mean, you, you called it out. What I, what I love that you pointed out there is you did change some of the dynamics of poker. You did change how some things are being done. You improved the game. You improved the security. You improved the, the confidence people will have in playing on a live stream because of that, because, you know, it's, it's almost like it's a horrible analogy, but like if a, if a plane crashes or something, then security is ramped up, yeah. you know, it's, it's almost like that too. Like that's the safest time to fly. So I think some people do feel more confident to play a live stream, knowing that you caught him in that, or that you pointed out what he was doing. Chris, did you have yeah. something or go ahead, Veronica? No, ahead. I was just going to say like with the Wired magazine article, I think it really brought the public, um, the general public um, into the realm of poker and kind of the thoughts of like how cheating could happen. And it, it, it gained a lot of, uh, I guess, like traction outside of the poker world. I don't know if that was good or bad, but it's unfortunate when poker is only, uh, there's only a light on poker when there's cheating. So but I think, you know, sorry, Chris, one more thing quick, but I think, you know, along that line, I mean, I think we want to be a trusting people, right? And this, this goes across the globe. We want to trust people. We want to trust poker players, but you know what? Cheating happens everywhere in life. 
I work for Fortune 500 companies. There's people cheating to get jobs. There's people, yeah. you know, laundering money. There's people embezzling. There's people doing all kinds. People are cheating. Not everybody. It's only a minority of people, but it does happen everywhere. And I think the fact that you called it out, I think hopefully sends ripple effects everywhere. Like, you know, there, there, there has to be some accountability there. And I, I feel horrible that you had to take the brunt of that for being the, the one to call that out. But I'm glad somebody did, frankly, for the sake of poker. Yeah. And looking back, um, I watched a podcast uh, with Joey Ingram, um, Johnny Vibe's new podcast. It's actually pretty good. I'm mm-hmm. really impressed. I, was, I wanted to message him to tell him how good his new podcast is. Would you say but, it's your second favorite behind Rick Poker? Is it probably your second obviously, favorite? Yeah, obviously. Okay. This, is, this is the best one. But um, send me $20 after the show. But um, Only for those ears. Remember, for those ears. <laughs> uh, so... Joey was saying how it like ruined his life and it just fucking breaks my heart that uh, Joey went through such a horrible experience throughout this whole thing. Like he won two awards, but then, but then at what cost, you know, what, what was this all worth? Like for me, I, I look at it as a positive outcome. Like Mike now has to pay me, um, he owes, I think, like over 60,000 in legal fees uh, to Todd and me. But um, what is it? What was it all for? I've been tormented for two years. Uh, Joey Ingram, uh, it ruined his life and his relationship. Todd has been, you know, threatened uh, many times because he does his show and, and it's what he loves to do. And it's just it's it's sad in a way. Um, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I've, I'm reflecting on it now and like not as happy as I was initially still happy that we uncovered this cheating, but, um, I still have a lot of, uh, sadness around the whole thing and a little regret, I guess. I I just don't think anything is worth like someone's life being ruined. Yeah, and actually that, that kind of answered a bit of my question uh, about sort of the aftermath and the impact of this. So I maybe even maybe shift gears a little to some of the sort of the maybe some of the positive outcomes. And I, I'd, I'd like to kind of shift gears to talking about uh, Poker After Dark a little um, and just sort of wondering about, I mean, you so you, you had sort of this incident, it brought a lot, I mean, I think a lot of, uh, you know, turmoil and um and but you've been doing this work with stones and then tell me how how did you get involved working on poker after dark and what what's it like to work on one of the most iconic poker brands that there really is yeah that's an interesting story and i'm still kind of in disbelief that i'm on that show um i i have a youtube channel everybody i know you're uh, all shocked um, with oh, 3,000 followers. So step aside, everybody. I'm kind <laughs> of a big deal. But um, <laughs> but uh, so Brent from uh, Poker Go, uh, I think he's one of my subscribers, but he saw my YouTube channel and he's like, hey, I really like, you know, your interviews. I like, I like your style. We're Um, wanting to have a host again on Poker After Dark, but we want someone who's kind of got their own opinions about things. We want someone who understands poker. We don't want you to just stand there in an evening gown and hold a microphone. 
So they asked me to audition. Um, and I went in there dressed up quite fancy, like a blazer, tight shirt, tight jeans. And, um, and they, they liked me. They asked me to do a bunch of uh, stuff like pretending to interview Phil Hellmuth, pretending to do uh, color commentary on a final table and stuff like that. Um, but then they told me like, hey, we want you. We want a casual Veronica, like Veronica on your YouTube channel. So um, it's kind of a different take this time. Uh, and not, I'm not saying that the other hosts, hosts or hostesses didn't do a good job, but they just wanted like kind of to revise that role. So um, I had like a, so I auditioned, they gave me, they offered me to uh, record for a season and it's kind of season by season. So at any point uh, they could say, okay, well, we're done with you. Um, and so to go back to like, how does it feel to be on this show? So I grew up, I grew up in poker, watching poker after dark. Like I used to wait, uh, I don't know what time it was on here back in the cable days, but I used to wait until midnight till that show was on and it would play from like midnight to 1am. And I remember it was, it was Monday through Friday and it was like a sit and go back then. I think it was like a 30 K buy-in or 20 K buy-in and like last man standing at the very end. And I loved that show. It was like the, my favorite poker show. And so just to be on it, it's like, uh, it's like the bucket list item. They, I checked it and people are like, Oh, what are you going to do if, you know, they tell you they don't want you. I'm like, are you crazy? I was on there. Like right. I'm, I'm forever going to be on this show now. Like, yeah, I like, what kind of a great life will that be when I'm like 90 and I tell, right. you know, people about my life, like ah, I used to be on poker after dark. Oh, <laughs> I like, I did so much cool yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. So this is, it's amazing. And, and the staff there, it like to say that they're amazing is an understatement mm -hmm. and like i i know that people are like it's not a thing anymore but it is still a thing i'm in my 40s i'm in my mid 40s and the and i just got a tv spot you know mm -hmm. like they are, that tells you what they're looking for and how they're shifting um, what they deem as quality. They're not looking for a 22 year old in an evening gown. They're looking for someone who's got a bit of a personality. Fortunately, they picked me and, <laughs> and you know, they, they, they want, they don't care about age anymore. And like, I just, I just think it's like an awesome opportunity. I'm so grateful to them. Maury, the guy who runs poker go, he really has an eye for, you know, what kind of, which poker players are going to be fun in the show. And, um, he wants me to joke around with people kind of wants me to needle them a bit. He wants me to bring out their personality. So, um, it's been a fun process. It's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I remember the first season that I recorded, um, I had a bad day and, and Maury took me out for breakfast and he was like, I just, we hired you because we want you, we don't want you to be who you think we want. So just be you just, you know, talk to people, joke around with them, just be yourself. And it just like completely changed the way I interviewed people. And, um, and now I'm going back for a third season in August. I love that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the, sorry about my voice. I was talking to John Somsky all day, so I've lost it, but you know, it's, it's authenticity. It's with you. really horrible. I know. I, I know it's awful, talking. right? You know, I mean, at least I, I had a face for radio, but my voice was okay. Now I got them both and they're just, it's a disaster. Yeah. But How it's, are it's, you still on this show? 
I don't know. They haven't kicked me off yet. It's coming. It's coming. There's going to be a coup. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you could, maybe you could uh, leak There's the like news. There's like two security guards coming in through, the, through, his, through his front door right <laughs> now. He's like going to be dragged off the show halfway through. One minute, all done is Veronica. Just a second. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, I think, I think with you and, you know, again, you know, you, you never know. I don't know you. I'm not in your personal life. You know, there's always the, the facade of everybody. Like who is, who are people really like? But with, but with you, my, my perspective is it's authenticity. Like that's what I love. It's what I love about everybody that's part of Rec Poker. They're just authentically who they are. And I think if, if Poker Go, Poker After Dark, if they can celebrate that in you and, and you can model that for, for everybody else, like you don't have to be the way it's always been. You can be you, you can go on Twitter and wear the ears and have fun and you know be yourself. I mean, I think, I think the world is dying to be authentic. I think so many people, I'm a business coach, I'm a personal coach. People are dying to just be authentic. We all live in this facade of what we're supposed to live, what our what our environment expects of us, what marketing tells us we should we should own, what people tell us we should think. And I think people are so hungry to just be authentically themselves. And I think you bring that to the show. And I think the fact that they've given you the freedom to be authentically you, I think is beautiful. Yeah, thank you. No, I agree with that. I think I follow a lot of... Um... I guess, influencers or creators on TikTok or different social media. And not, I don't always follow people who have the most followers. I follow people who I feel like have a lot of vulnerability and authenticity and just have like a unique niche thing of what they're doing. So yeah, I get that. And I, and uh, they have given me free reign to be myself. Have they edited out a lot of that? Yes. <laughs> I mean, be yourself, but uh, to a point. Yeah. I mean, like the show still goes on NBC, you know, this still, mm -hmm. the show still needs to be professional. So like um, the Dan Bilzerian interview did not make it. Yeah. And like, there were some interviews, there were two that were awkward, but Dan Bilzerian was one of them. Uh, most of them are good, but some of them even went into like puzzle stuff because the people who were just from this puzzle gate stuff and they edit that out. Of course, they didn't want that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, Mike, the mouth matters out. Uh, I talked to him about Mike Puzzle because I was like, oh, you give him uh, give anyone any soft yeah. interviews lately? lately? Right. And like and then we had a like actually a really nice conversation and we we, I would say we made up and I actually really like him. I, I got, did you guys listen to that interview? I tried. I got through maybe 10 minutes so, of it. That's all I could do. Chris, Chris was nodding his head. Yeah. Sorry. So what's interesting about that interview is I asked Mike about it. I bugged him and he told me that he was basically giving Mike an opportunity to talk. And he's like, sometimes when you let these people just talk, they will bury themselves. Mm -hmm. And so he was just like kind of pandering to him to get him to talk. And I, you know, looking back and as a person who likes to interview, I don't like to pander to people at all, but if that's kind of his way of, mm -hmm. I think that would be the only way he could get Mike to talk. So, um, I kind of get that. We had a chat about it. I'm not mad at him. And he was really lovely to interview. And I actually had a nice time with him. He doesn't shut up, but uh, <laughs> he he's a lovely, pretty lovely person from what I could see from my experience with him. He, so. he does have a nickname. Uh, so the that, mouth, that maybe yeah, part of, yeah. Right, exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, the last World Series of Poker, I was on a $1,500 uh, Omaha 8 or better uh, limit. Uh, tournament end of day one he was for eight hours 
sitting at, at the table next to me and he wouldn't yeah. shut up. And I swear he does it on purpose just yeah. to tilt people. But yeah, it, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> well, <laughs> bottom line is it's terrible. Well, you know, congratulations on, on that whole, that whole deal. I think that's just super exciting. And I hope, you know, you can keep crushing it on, on there and people, you know, honor the fact that you are being authentic and who you are and that that leads to more authenticity. But, but you did mention Bilzerian. So I do want to shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the, some of the stuff that's happening. You know, it's, it's happening in our world, in our society at large, of course, but happening now in the, in the, poker industry and if we don't want to talk about specific names we don't have to but i do want no, to let's your... let's talk about specific names <laughs> all right well i want to start just kind of get, get, <laughs> uh, fair enough let's go so um, so my bilzerian interview is supposed to come out it was supposed to come out this week gg poker is like really getting sensitive with you know where uh, sure. poker twitter is going so they're like oh we don't want you to get you know we don't want your audience to be mad at you i'm like fuck that like put it out. I wasn't going there and, and like washing Bilzerian's feet and feeding him grapes. I fucking interviewed him. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, who's going to be mad at me? Why? Like Barbara Walters interviewed lots of people go. who no one liked, but I have to say Dan Bilzerian changed my mind about a lot of things. I spent like six hours with him hmm. and not like the entire time in his face, but like I was at his house for six hours and I had a lot of conversations with him and I don't agree with a lot of what he says, but uh, he changed my mind about the way I think about him. Can you go on and elaborate on that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I like, obviously uh, in his younger days, he was, uh, you know, bitches, Coke, you know, uh, parties and all that stuff. And he told me he's, uh, reflected on his life a lot. And when he was younger, he thought that that stuff would fulfill him and, or give him fulfillment. And he started realizing that it was all empty and it was making him miserable. And he didn't know what to do to fill that void. And then he started realizing it's time with his friends, time with his family, quality time. He's now in a long-term relationship. He's mostly off of social media, except when he's calling people, you know, um, right. a garden, a garden instrument. Yes, in, but, instrument, yes. <laughs> but um, I can tell he didn't open up to me like that initially. It wasn't like, because he said some shit that I was like, you guys need to edit that out because I, I no, I'm not here for this. But uh, I will say that, like, I think he was authentic when he talked to me about his growth and um opened up to me about uh i asked him about that incident where he was accused of kicking a girl in the face and this is the one thing that frustrates me with vanessa because she's giving phil Nagy this like really hard pass and being like well he's my friend well they do this well well it's okay when phil's doing it but like why aren't you giving the same consideration to dan bilzerian dan bilzerian's had a lot of growth i'm not here to defend dan bilzerian i'm saying from her perspective if she's giving this leniency to Nagy, she should be giving the same leniency to bilzerian um and the only the only thing i have with her is i think she's a hypocrite with the way she treated gg poker and bilzerian and then when it's in her backyard, when her pockets are lined with high roller events, she's really, really defensive and then blocks anybody who, who like challenges her in any way. 
Because I was still following her. First she unfollowed me and then she blocked me. Anyway, Belzerian had uh, a lot of time to reflect. I think he's a different person now. Uh, the kicking in the face. His girlfriend was being attacked by uh, this girl. And he was trying to defend his girlfriend. He didn't kick her in the face. If he would have kicked her in the face, he would have been like arrested by the police. The police like figured out that this woman was attacking his girlfriend. He was trying to get her away from his girlfriend. His girlfriend's like tiny. And I can see it. Like I've been in clubs where girls were trying to fight me. I believe him. He had no reason to, to lie to me. You know, he could have just not talked about it, but I, I sincerely believe him. Um, and then he talked to me about throwing the girl off the roof where it was a paid gig. It was like an advertisement for, I can't remember what company, but, uh, the girl was signed up for it and they had done it like four times previously, just trying it out before they actually recorded it. And then the last time she like grabbed onto him and then broke her ankle. So he said that like they were both paid to do that and it was part of the thing that she agreed to. So I'm like, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think for me, you know, I look at that and again, I'm not as close to it as you are, of course, but you know, there's a, there's a pattern there. Right. And so I think the fact that they're, you know, that they see growth, I think is a good thing. The fact that, you know, he has an answer to some of those things is a good thing. But I think, I think as a, as an outsider, I think we need to see something, publicly that that makes us feel differently about him because it you know I think for a lot of us there's still what we know is is this pattern what we know is this sort of you know contribution to systemic misogyny and I think you know that's where at least from my perspective you know what what I don't what I don't like about this is you know even with the naggy stuff is that we say well he was just joking around well to me that's almost worse because that means we're okay with a systemic misogyny so you know talk a little bit about that like with Dan like is there anything Dan can do? I mean, he probably doesn't care, right? He's got all Dan the money in the care. world, but if, but you know, is there anything that he, he cares enough to tell you, right? He cared enough to try to convince you that these were accidents that I've grown. I mean, so some, something in him is either he is making it up to try to convince you because he thinks that'll help his brand or, or he actually cares will, enough about you. So I'm curious, like, yeah. Where, I will where, tell you that from? I don't think that Dan Bilzerian gives a fuck about improving his brand, obviously. Right? So why does he, I mean, why does he tell you? Why because does he I think it was that? the truth. I think he told me that because it was the truth. Because I think But he doesn't he, feel, like, he feels no obligation he, to tell the world then because he doesn't care what people think, kind of. I like, I yeah, I, I think he's, I could tell he was really standoffish when I first got to his mm-hmm. house. I can tell that he's really up to here with media, uh, with people. I know that he knows his, he's built this image of himself and now he's reflecting and kind of improving his life, wrote a book. And uh, he still is like in a lot of ways, the way you picture him, you know, he's got a gun room and like lots of women running around, but like, did I see him acting sexist? No he was with his girlfriend the entire time. Um, the girls are there willingly. I mean, I, 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 as a feminist, I believe that you can kind of do what you want as a woman. If you want to be a sex worker, I support that. If you want to be a lawyer, I support that. Like they were there. Who am I to say that they shouldn't be there? Um, but the whole point of this is not, Oh, Veronica thinks Dan Bilzerian's a good person. Mm-hmm. No, right, right. this is not, like Dan Bilzerian is just Dan Bilzerian. I think that the point is that he's reflected on life and he's improving, he's changing, he's thinking about what he's done. Uh, 
the point is why this all got brought up is because Vanessa has double standards and she did not give the same, uh, I guess, consideration to GG poker as she's giving for ACR. Mm -hmm. And I am, I've had a lot of people message me since her and I started this uh, mm -hmm. Twitter battle uh, and her, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that she has uh, burner accounts. Uh, suddenly all these new accounts, same thing Mike Postle does too. Uh, but I, I think that she knew that Phil Nagy was pervy and, and a misogynist. I'm pretty fucking sure. I'm pretty sure he was in her DMs uh, before all of this came out. I'm pretty sure he was sending her creepy shit. I'm pretty fucking mm. sure. Everyone who's messaged me has fucking told me a lot. And she knew what she was getting herself into, but she's okay with that because now he's getting her into high rollers and lining her pockets or whatever the fuck he, whatever payroll she's on. So it's weird to me. And, and like, I totally get that um, people messaged me in her defense saying, Hey, it's a, it's just like this stream. It's all among friends. Sure. That's great. Like, I don't care what Phil Nagy does. It's, it's like uh, neither here nor there. I don't care. Uh, but uh, if Vanessa was aware that he was like this before and he was treating her like this before, then uh, it's kind of hypocritical for her to sign with ACR. Um, mm -hmm. And I know she was asking Gigi for more money, and I don't know what happened with that, but she's not with Gigi Poker anymore. Yeah. Chris? Yeah, I was just, I mean, you know, it's in it's interesting, uh, and I'm wondering if we can just kind of talk, I mean, like if you, like, a lot of the attention of this has sort of circled around Vanessa Cade when it was in fact Phil Nagy who made a lot of the pretty okay you know, so those kind of had the, the poor behavior okay so I'm just let's curious, separate like, this yeah yeah let's separate well, I mean, this yeah because there's misogyny which clearly Dan Bilzerian has done which clearly Phil Nagy does and has up until like last week which clearly a lot of men fucking do that's one thing yes I'm not dismissing what Phil Nagy did do I give a shit? I don't. It doesn't have anything to do with me. Is it is it prevalent everywhere? Yeah, most places. Yeah. Uh, but like I pick and choose my battles. It's not affecting me. I don't I don't care about Phil Nagy. Yes, he's a misogynist. Yes, he's been caught doing this bad thing. Outside of that is what I'm talking. Vanessa's reaction. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, I'm not going to dismiss what Phil Nagy did. Yes, he's a misogynist. And yes, he's going and ap apologizing to everyone. Great. Does that change that he was sliding into Vanessa's DMs or her friend and being pervy towards her? No. Right. Right. It's just come to light now. Now he's apologizing. Right. Right. And so I do you and it's it's pretty much so like I'm I'm just curious about like like your uh, why why is Vanessa. Uh, such a, an important topic or target or her hypocrisy. Why does that upset I, you more I, than I like just the made one, I just show? made one tweet. I probably wouldn't have, I, I thought it was just hypocritical of her. Yeah. I'm I've done work for GG poker. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been amazing to work with. I'm not just fucking saying that I'm not on their payroll. Like I legitimately uh, enjoy working with GG poker. They've given me more opportunities than I deserve. Like I've done Polish content for them and my Polish is horrendous at this point in my life, <laughs> but you know, like they, 
I uh, met with, you know, the people who, the person who runs GG poker and like legitimately like the most, you know, uh, um, platonic person, platonic interaction I've ever had with a person. They're like hyper aware of this kind of stuff. I haven't had any issues. So to me, it was like, oh, it's a little bit hypocritical. That's all. Cause she went fucking hard on GG in uh yeah, when Bilzerian got signed really fucking hard and one of Gigi's employees a female employee emailed Vanessa and Vanessa like published the email and fucking came down on her and I, I just thought it was an I at the time I just like stepped back I thought like okay it's fair that Vanessa wants to uh take down this misogyny um that was her thing to do at that time, I'll call it out if it happens to me or whatever, if I think there's something wrong, but then, but then to have this like soft reaction and then to block me just because I challenge her because I'm not on like the, the, like anything Vanessa says I do train. Um, I think feminism, feminism is important, but like, it doesn't mean that if I feel you're wrong, I'm just going to agree with you. I'm kind of curious, Barack. I know this is, you know, everybody has to make the decision for themselves and how they react to these sorts of things. Um, you know, I'm not telling, I'm not asking you to tell rec poker what to do, but I'm kind of curious your perspective on, you know, for those of us who are in the poker industry who are trying to build vibrancy and trying to build an encouraging community and trying to, you know, be all inclusive for all people. Uh, and we, and we see things like, you know, like Nagy's comments, or we see things like Bilzerian's and we have opportunities to either partner with those people in some way or not. Like, I think there's a lot of conflicted feelings out there between with us and with others who have these either existing relationships or potential relationships. And we wanna, you know, part of us is like, well, like you're saying, well, who cares? That's up to them to do, but yet there, it feels like there's complicity in the partnership. You know, and I'm kind of curious, like what your take is on that? Like how, how should, not should, but you know, what, what is your perspective on how to view these sorts of things. When I see that, I, I can't look at that Nagy's comments and say, I don't give a crap. That's his thing. Like you're wired that you can do that. I can't. I look at that and say that is a detriment to society and a detriment to the poker industry. Oh, I didn't say but, it wasn't a detriment, yeah, but, but I'm not going to go on Twitter right. and just like make it my make right, it my right. uh, agenda for the next week. But you but you can say, yeah, I, I overspoke that, but you can kind of say, hey, that's that's his deal. I hate what he's doing, but it's not going to be my battle to fight. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I only have the capacity for right, so much. Absolutely. I get it. I get it. I'm a humanitarian, and I know there, you, you have to pick a couple things to do. You can't do it all. But, like, well, like what, what sort of insight would you have for people, or what would be your perspective on people that are considering partnerships with, or they're in existing partnerships with people that are kind of doing these, these non-inclusive detrimental things? Uh, that's a very interesting question. Um, yeah, I, I mean is the correct answer. I don't know. Um, no, that is, that's a it is, it is such a, it is like an easy thing to say, like the, the top five, um, call outs that everyone uses. Uh, but I don't know what it is. Like if I look at your panel, right. do I see anyone of color or a woman besides me, your guest? Right? right. I mean, like it's just prevalent everywhere. And, um, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, GG poker. I don't, I don't work for them. I swear to God, I'm not sure. getting paid for this shit, <laughs> but GG poker hired, um, some women to, um, oversee, uh, 
basically their entire production to see, you know, where can they identify um, if there's any sexism, if this kind of happened, I think after, shortly after they hired Dan Bolsarian. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I, I just, I just think, so, okay. If you want to get into this, um, I, I think <laughs> well, I, and, and I, I responded to like Doug Polk and um, all these uh, male poker players who were talking about women and like Doug was saying like women want to be treated equally. So I'm going to treat them equally. Well, yes, we want to be treated equally, but if you look at how women are, are treated equally at the table, but if you look at, uh, look at all the poker training sites, look at this group, what men tend to do is congregate together, share ideas together, grow together. If they want to sleep with a woman, she can be included in the group and she can Mm -hmm. gain some of that information, but there's very few groups of men. I call out Saul for a while all the time. I'm like, where's the women here? Where like, are the only women you guys keep here are the ones you're sleeping with? Like, I don't think that's true, but like, I, I still don't see men being inclusive with women platonically and sharing information and, and creating growth. Like you see all of these businesses forming by groups of men and women are left out of that completely. And so uh, I think it needs to, I think maybe men need to look at women platonically more. And uh, it's kind of like one of my things when I go to um, date someone, I ask, do you have girls who are your friends? Like, Mm. can you be, can you have relationships that don't include your penis with women? Um, If you can't, then I don't want to date you. Um, I, you know, I think it's good to have business partners to ask women their opinions and, um, yeah, I mean, just inclusion. I don't know if that, does that answer your question? I don't know. Not directly, but indirectly. I mean, I think the idea of being inclusive, I think is huge. I'm a a big fan of that. I know you, you look at the panel here, you're not seeing it represented here. It's something that we do strive for. Uh, but I think just in general, I think just as coming out of the fortune 500 background, decisions are better when there's inclusivity. Like when you get different perspectives, when you get men and women and gay and straight and old and young and, you know, right. experienced and non-experienced, you just, you make better decisions, you know, if you're going to be completely selfish about it beyond just being inclusive. So I love that. I mean, I think the, the question was, was more, you know, what do those of us do that are seeking or being considered for or involved in partnerships with groups that are not inclusive or misogynistic you know, how do we wrestle through that question? But I mean, you answered the question great. I think being inclusive ourselves is the first step, but I think there is a wrestling with what do we do? I mean, even with rec poker, but I'm sure there's others out there going, what do we do here? We have, you know, some of these relationships that exist with people that are now doing things that we think are sending the wrong message to the to society and to the poker community. You know, how do we reconcile that? And so I think it's, you're just meeting us at a time where we're kind of wrestling with that ourselves. Yeah, and I think, um like if you look at game game theory uh poker in general is a mathematical game and um you know my generation of women i I feel like such like a boomer i'm like my generation (laughs) you know but when i was when i was younger i was like pushed into home economics i was pushed into nursing i had i liked other things i liked woodworking and i liked you know computers and um it my brother's computer science class, um, he's older than me. He didn't have that many women. And now more and more women are going into mathematics and computer science and engineering. And 
I think that the um, likelihood of them enjoying poker and then being introduced to poker uh, will be higher and will probably have a next generation of, of poker players that include more women. I'm hopeful. Um, but I also think that that will, that will take groups of men who are playing poker to have women included in their platonic poker groups where they're sharing information and talking hands and strategy. Well, just, you know, just to follow up, I, I just want to thank you for your insights. I mean, I think, I know Jim's going to shift gears. We're going to talk a little bit about KL Cleeton, but uh, I think, um, you know, one of the things that you said early on in the, in the interview was, you know, sort of, you mentioned regret. You didn't specifically say I regret bringing this to light with Postle, but you know, all of this that's happened over the last couple of years, the misery has given you a platform, um, you know, including, you know, our conversation today, which I don't know if we would have been having otherwise. And I think the fact that you are using that to bring awareness, bring insight like you're doing right now to, to all of us, I think is a great outcome from that. So I just want to, you know, commend you again. I know you've been through a few years of absolute hell with what's going on there, but I am grateful that you are taking this road with it to actually help and inform and help all of us make better decisions and be a better society. So just kind of yeah, a quick, I, yeah. I feel like you're giving me way too much credit. I just probably, <laughs> I, I do that. I do that from time to time, but no, Veronica, okay, here's the deal. All right. So uh, like you say, if you want to get into this, um, a lot of people don't do that. All right. So maybe you feel like you're getting too much credit. That's probably what makes you great in this because you're recognized that you're maybe could be doing more that you're not doing enough, whatever that is. It's, it's that humility of that. I'm here to tell you, and you, you guys all know people that have been through hell and they don't come out of it on the other side of it, trying to make the world a better place. They get, they get stuck in it. They get lost in it, which is really, really sad, or they get so angry. They are of no good. You are angry, right? As your Twitter feed says, but I think it's a constructive anger. And so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to pander to, you, to the guests. I don't do that. Um, but for you specifically, I want you to hear that from at least from the rec poker nation, the recreational players who are not as close to all of this as you are. We are just trying to play the game that we love. And then we see some schmuck piss on the whole thing and, and make, make everything look bad. And now my, my mom is like saying, you play poker with these people? You know, I mean, you, you are out there trying to turn the tide a little bit. And I just want to say thanks. I know it's one good thing that came out of what's been a really tough couple of years. So I do want to commend I, you for that. Uh, I appreciate that. And that kind of also makes me, that's really kind of you to say, and that also makes me, because I think I get stuck in my own head about this whole thing. And you reflect on things differently as time passes. And my reflection has become a little bit more negative each day. And to hear that um, kind of resets things and reminds me of a bigger picture outside of my own experience that, um, you know, we helped get this guy off the table and, and you know, we helped a poker community. Yeah, so. if, any, if any of you have seen the morning show on Apple TV, I mean, you're the, you're the truth teller, right? And that's, that's something that not all of us have the guts to do. So thanks for that. Thanks. Jim? Uh, Jim is I muted. He's, Jim. Jim, Jim is playing the part of a mime at this point. Well, <laughs> I'll see if he comes back on. I saw a red light flash. No, no, no luck. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go, go down a direction. Steve's doing I, this. He, uh, <laughs> I've got he a muted. sound of his own voice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially today. I just love feeling like I'm, I don't know what I sound like. I thought we were going to turn this into a feminist podcast and, <laughs> oh. and we were all going to put on our vagina hats. Nice. And, uh, you didn't know. I didn't give did you guys the bring yours. No. I've got Iowa. a few hats here, not that one. Um, Jim, you're, you're on again. No. Okay, there we go. <laughs> no, I don't have my vagina hat. What the heck? Look behind me. Is, is it one of those? 
It, no, I don't see it. No, don't see you know it. what? I'm getting the fuck off this podcast. <laughs> I really thought we were all. I brought my vagina hat, and <laughs> well, one just. We disappoint guests all the time, Veronica, so it won't be any <laughs> No, but yeah. Veronica, one of the points I did want to touch on, because um, um, Kim Kilroy, who's on our Wrecking Crew, we actually host a monthly conversation about poker empowerment and, and how to get people more comfortable at the tables. And the one point that I really liked you bring up, uh, you bring up there is that people focus on what's happening at the tables, not being rude, you know, not being a jerk at the tables, but really the, the action that we need to focus on, the behavior that we need to change is what happens when you're not at the poker table, when you're with your friends, when you're in the locker room, when you're working with your buddies or whatever it is, like that's the culture that we need to change. And if we can right. make some steps in that direction, then you're going to see more women feeling comfortable at the poker table because it's, it's not really about the poker table. Um, I agree. And I appreciate you guys even being open to talking about it. And, um, you know, it's always nice when men are also feminists and that I think just like just wanting to start the conversation and being interested in equality is, I think, a, a, a really big thing. So it makes me feel good to know that men are aware of what's going on. Cheers. And I'll tell KL Cleeton that it's not just Canadians either. But uh, yeah, that is fun. Thank you, KL. Um, we try. And we're not trying to make this about us, but we, we know we try. We've done panels with women in poker. We've we've asked many people to join the panel, but they, they didn't want to. And so we do have work to do. Uh, no Steve, question. Steve, you've and, seen a woman before? I've... I have. I've had, <laughs> I have several women friends, I'll have you know, Veronica. And I thought maybe you were going down that path of being one of them, but that's done. Off the table. So, so I want to keep talking about villains, though. We've talked about some really despicable people in poker, and there's one that tops the list. Clearly, just one of the worst people in the poker world. You know, I'm talking about Kale Cleeton. Um, I've, I've known him for a while. I search, search for redeeming qualities with this young man. And none. it's just it's just an empty barrel. Can you talk a little bit about uh, how you got roped into this whole mess? Yeah, I hate his guts. The Fair. whole point. I mean, think about my strategy here. Mm. Think about what I do to get the whales to Vegas. Do you know my dedication? I feel like no one appreciates how dedicated I am to bring these terrible poker players because this is an investment. Okay, so yeah, it looks like over $80,000. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but think about how much we're gonna get back. Mm. You know, when he mm. gets to the table, oh, man. I'm gonna stack him so many times. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, I mean like, I. That I'm whale bait. Um, no one, no one you're, brings you're in chum. more whales to Vegas than I do. I work hard, so you're you're all welcome. We call you, we call you the chum. <laughs> I am yeah. the chum. The poker ecosystem thanks you so much for this. Yes. It, it sure. is an ocean. It is an ocean. Well, let, let's make sure that we know what we're talking about. For everybody in Rec Poker Nation, and most of you heard the story, but we're talking about the van, right? Yeah. So KL, yeah. KL. Uh, is a bright, uh, handsome, has a ponytail now, like that uh -huh. fucking man bun. Uh, mm. I told him we're going to have sex this, this winter. So uh, he, uh, I had him on my show and um, I found out that he doesn't have a means of transportation and, um, you know, uh, not trying to come off as a fucking saint or anything because I'm not, but I was just really fucking bothered that I can just get in my fucking car, that I can just go places, that I can just do that. 
and he can't. Why the fuck not? And so um, the problem was that when I initially decided to start this campaign, COVID just hit. And like people were starting to die. The economy were starting to go downhill. People were losing their jobs. And I was like, hey, everybody, we need to raise $75,000. And so it kind of, um, it kind of didn't go far. I think we raised $11,000. Chaos in the chat. I think you can confirm. It was around $11,000, like the first year or like less than a year. And then um, I was like, okay, once the World Series of Poker announced their schedule or that they were going to be, uh, they were going to have a World Series of Poker, um, I know uh, Steve from GG Poker is like, hey, uh, they're going to announce it. Like, I can't, you can't say anything, but they're going to announce it. I'm like, oh, so I was like, okay, we, I need, the only thing on my mind was like, we need to get KL there, you know, because I want to stack him and take his money, but, and, you know. But it, it's, it was just like, fuck, I need to get him there. So it was always in the back of my mind, like, I need to do something. What do I need to do? Uh, and so I was initially thinking we'd probably raise around five grand. Um, and I would have to do a fundraiser like every month. Little did I know, I had no idea. Like, I had no idea how I don't have no idea how Phil Helmuth I know how Phil Helmuth ended up on there was Danielle Moon thank you I'm forever grateful to her I fucking adore Danielle Moon but like the the amount of money that we raised in one day and I don't know if you guys watched it but we roasted the shit out of KL and I got roasted too but it was like such a good show it's such a fun show to watch I don't know if you guys watched it but... uh, yeah I caught a bit it was really good yeah, yeah. and just like Phil Helmuth showing up. I was like the apex predator of poker is on my YouTube channel. What the fuck? You guys know his little apex. predator. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean like, um, I remember calling up, uh, like I just called up Bill Perkins, you know, cause he's, you know, like, I feel does. like such a fucking, yes. I feel like such a douchebag, right? Does, yeah. yeah. But like, I'm kind of the person who's like, okay, I need to get KL van, a KL a van. I don't give a shit who I piss off. Like the, I need the end, the end justifies the means. Right. So I, I called up Bill Perkins and I was like, look, uh, I'm going to give you back a lot of the legal fund that you gave me. But, uh, before I do that, I need you to listen to me. (laughs) He's like, what? (laughs) I was like, I want to get KL a van and I would like for you to contribute some money. And I don't want it to be like $2,000. I want you to contribute some money. And he's like, ah, okay. He's like, okay. uh, If you raise 25,000, I'll match up to 25,000. And, uh, and so I raised like, we ended up raising like (laughs) 55,000 and it actually ended up costing the van KL you're in the chat. I think it cost like around $90,000. So we were still we're still a little short, but uh, we're finagling it uh, a bit. Um, we had some later donors. I might do one more kickoff party. I was also thinking like, hey, uh, Mike Possel owes me twenty seven thousand dollars. <laughs> I might sell my debt. Whoa. I might sell my debt. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, and then and then give K all that money. 
And, so, and Veronica, I believe I donated a database review or something. And you're telling me that for that whole show, no one offered to buy that service and donate that money to KL's van? I don't believe that's true. I can't believe it. That's amazing that that one didn't fly off the shelf. But tell you what, you make, <laughs> make sure to make that available for that next one, just in case. Add a little yeah. add a little chum to the prize pool. See if anybody bites. Well, I think, you know, I've, right. been, I've, been, I've done fundraising a lot over my over the years. And, there, you know, there's money out there. There, there's money out there and that's where I think you know what you tapped into and hopefully you can get that the other 10 or you know we can get involved or whatever too but you know if you can cast that vision you know somebody like KL despite who KL is people still want to be horrible he is right yeah. I mean just, just think about it. you raised eight thousand dollars <laughs> despite just, just think if he had a personality and he oh. had integrity like this <laughs> but but no I mean my, my point being I think you know, people, I think inherently, most people want to be good. They want to contribute. And I think, again, it's, you know, you, you created a, a conduit for people to do that. So um, I will, I will tell you, and I'm not blowing smoke up anyone's ass here. And I'm not, I'm fucking honest when I say this, the poker community is amazing. Like I raised like $27,000 for my legal fees mm-hmm. uh, in like four hours. KL was actually on a the call with me and I was like crying when he was telling me uh I think KL remembers that but um yeah so the poker community just came out in full force for KL and it was it wow. was amazing that yeah there is money out there there are a lot of rich whales including KL now so um <laughs> so I, I want to have some good news and some bad news for you the good news is as of this moment right now there is a bounty series at this Run Good series. Anything I win there, I am going to donate to the KL Cleeton Band Fund. John Somsky. The bad news is I'm not a very good poker player. <laughs> likely to be zero. <laughs> but whatever well, I do win will be there. That, you yeah, know, that's amazing. You know, well, maybe why don't you just donate the buy-in? So that'd probably be a better EV. Yeah, that's a better investment. That's, <laughs> that's going to work out better for KL. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome, John. Veronica, John, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say poker's a game of luck, only luck. So, John, let's hope. For you. <laughs> wow, that is awesome. John, John Somsky, Veronica, I don't know if you know this. I, I, he, he is known widely as the nicest guy in poker, and it's legit. Like, he is one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. Uh, so that is that is amazing. He's right in the room with me too. That's why I keep. Yeah, I can tell there's there. an echo. He was in the room with someone. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so you guys are lovers. How long has this been? Well, going it's platonic. I, I heard that it's okay to have male friends that are not sexual. Is that is that now? Now I have have heard. I, I'm what so was confused, Veronica. Can I have male ago? friends or not? Like, I don't know. I'm so confused. Will you date me if I have male friends? I don't even, I'm so confused. I don't know. I'm going to be married 30 years. I'm trying to date you. I'm supposed to have women friends. I can't have male I, friends. I'm you so know confused. what? I'm here for your poly lifestyle. I, I support it. <laughs> Thank you, Veronica. That's all I needed to hear. Was that so hard? Just say that. Thank you so much. It was not hard. I appreciate you. You guys are fucking making me want to drink. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It took, it took a while. Yes. I feel really good that it took you an hour to, to want to drink. So that's yeah, pretty good. I'm, I'm ready for I mean, gross, I, gross I wanted to. Two. I wanted to be coherent for while I uh, insulted KL. <laughs> right. I well, wanted. You can I wanted those KL words to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> well, and if, if you guys, I know you guys have been listening to the show for a while. You know KL Cleeton. If you're if you're just kind of tuning in, you don't know who it is that we're talking about. KL Cleeton, his name is his name. You know, he's part of the Learn Pro Poker team, but Range Trainer Pro is his baby. Uh, so look him up. Let us know if you can't 
find him for any reason, but, but look him up. Range Trainer Pro, fantastic tool for learning the game. And he's just a fantastic dude that we've had a lot of fun he's, with. He's Go a ahead. very brilliant guy. And it really, and, and like, despite his IQ, like I, I, I like, I don't measure people's IQ on a regular basis, but like talking to KL, you know, he's a brilliant guy. It just like saddened me that he couldn't fucking get to the series. Like that. He just couldn't get places. Like it just saddens me. Like this brilliant guy should be at the poker table. Like he needs an opportunity to win a fucking bracelet. Like Mm. you don't need only sad old women like me there, you know? See, this, this is why, it's going to sound pandering again, but this is why the world needs people like you, Veronica, because you you are a truth teller and you see something, and I'm only saying this because I want to inspire other people that are out there, including myself, you see a wrong and you want to right it. Like that is what you're doing. You see the possible thing. I don't know. I got involved. It was just wrong. I had to fix it. I see KL thing with the van. I just had to fix it. You know, this is not right. And I think I think if the world was filled with more of those kind of people that had that perspective, and again, we know you're not a saint, we know all that stuff, but um, you know, that, that's inspirational. You guys, if you're taking anything out of this podcast, look for what's wrong in your world around you and go fix it. If you have an old lady next to you that can't shovel the snow in the winter in Minnesota, shovel it, fix right. it. I, I mean, agree just, with just that. do it. And if we all do our part, the world is better. We don't need to all have these glorious sort of thing we all we all don't need to put ourselves through two years of hell like you did just what's wrong in your world and fix it be the change you want to see i 100 percent support and agree with that that's all that's all we wanted we could have ended this now if you just would agree with me about (laughs) one point we could have moved on with our lives that's all i've ever wanted is people to agree with me (laughs) and how many how many years has it been with your wife and she hasn't yet right 30 30 in August. And I'm still waiting for her to agree with me. That's why I got to stick with it. I mean, it's, you know, the, the love has been gone a long time, but I got to stick with this because at one point I'm going to hear that she agrees with me come hell or high water. Steve can't even tell that I'm pandering to him. Can I can't. Oh, I can't. Oh, are you kidding me? Yes, I, can. I am pretty oblivious generally though. That is true. I'm just kidding. I agree with you, Steve. Oh, thank you. Well, we've, we've covered a ton of ground here, you guys, and a lot of different topics. What what else do we want to pick Veronica's brain on or Veronica? Is there anything that you're kind of thinking, man, here's here's your opportunity. I know you're, you know, you, you do a lot of things to a lot of people that are really involved in the poker industry. We have a lot of people that play a lot of poker, even at higher levels, but a lot of our folks are people that maybe have never heard of you. They've never maybe met you that are first time experiencing. Like, guarantee you 99% of your fans have no fucking clue who I am. <laughs> well, they're, they're about to. So yeah. that, that you, you were still, and you if don't, they, you for four ninety nine, I can send them a topless pic. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> is that $4.99 or is it $4.99? Yeah. Like, our people are going to want to know. Um, but uh, even no, like yeah, what, what else, what else, what else do you want to kind of share with, you know, the, these folks, you know, the rec poker nation, the folks that are out there just, you know, they're, they're working full-time, a lot of us, and they're playing in the bars, they're playing home games, they're trying to get to the casino to play a little bit here. Poker's not their whole life, but they love it. They want to keep loving the game. You know, what, what do you have to say to Rec Poker I, I mean, poker's one of those games, I think, that you have to love. And hearing you say that your fans love the game, I think, is like the most important aspect of poker. If mm. you're going into poker, I don't know if you guys watched my video of the latest um, documentary that came out, To Be Determined, on poker. Right. Did you guys watch that? I watched a little bit of it. Chris, did you see the whole thing? Chris, you Yeah, I watched, I watched the whole thing. I yeah, really enjoyed it. I heard it. great things about it. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's the right documentary. I think it's the wrong main character. And where mm. that main character went wrong was he was very flat and he didn't have a passion for poker that I could tell. He had a passion for not working a nine to five. He had a passion for getting mm. rich quick. And so as long as I as long as you're looking at poker as something that you love as a game that's challenging to you as as a game that like makes you happy when you're at the table then i think you should be playing it uh, and hopefully trying to get better if you're just recreational and you want to go there have fun great um but like just you know like that main character in the documentary it was just sad to see someone in poker full-time professionally who didn't seem like he loved the game and was passionate about the game. So um, I admire when people love the game and that's when you should be playing. The interesting thing. Well, and I guess Jim is so like, Jim is like, just like you, you're not loud, but you're physically loud. Like I can see you just reacting to everything. Like, yeah, like you're at a concert. I love it. He's, he's Canadian, so he's not really allowed to verbalize how Canadian he feels. Too. I'm getting sworn in on Saturday, guys. Oh, yeah, there you go. Becoming coming right. American. Good for you. Enjoy nice. that. Yeah. So you better take another drink. Where are you yes. from, Jim? Where are you from uh, in Canada? Uh, I grew up in Toronto, but um, I fell in love on the East Coast. And now, now I live uh, in a little town called Coburg. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I grew up in Edmonton. Oh, that's where my dad grew up. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And for everyone yeah, but, else, no, there's a lot of cities in Canada, for God's sake. It's yeah, just we thought a there coincidence. Really one. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky, that's Wayne all Gret- I have to say. And then everyone's like, oh, fan. yeah, I know yeah, Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. Did, does sure. Edmonton have a town crier? Because Coburg has a town crier, I found out when I was up there. <laughs> like, we have a town dancer. There was a guy who used to dance Ooh. on the west end of the city, mm. like literally every day on this one corner in Collingwood. Oh. No, yeah, this so is like a recognized to... position in the city, a town crier. Oh, yeah, what? it's a municipal yeah, post. Da, 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 da. You hear ye, hear ye, uh, all ye gathered, you know, like official Does he get paid for this? Oh, yeah, there's a stipend. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm yes. not into that kind of stuff. That's too much government waste. <laughs> That's no, big government. Tax, taxes are too high. Oh, you were born in Edmonton. Listen to you. You are an Alberta girl. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a liberal. Don't get me wrong. But I like I'm a I'm a capitalist liberal i believe in social safety nets and regulation but uh i don't want a town crier i don't want to pay for a town crier <laughs> i'd ra- wouldn't you rather that money goes to like a nurse or somebody like have an extra staff member at the local I, hospital i think it's actually a uh, it's like a foundation or something that funds oh it. okay uh, good. hopefully it's not coming out of the hospital Some crusty uh, budget. old person's money right that's, yeah. that's usually what it is a yeah. historical society or and something. it's canadian dollars so it's not much <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like twenty cents a day. I got it. Yeah, no, you know what? You know what you get. You get a Molson like a heel Canadian. of bread and oh yeah, a Molson Canadian nice. Grolsch. Yeah, that's and it. and some poutine Grolsch. or something. <laughs> poutine, nice. Mr. Jones, did you have something to throw in there? No, I'm good. We're we're past it now. Let's. <laughs> no, we're we're staying here for a few more hours. Oh yeah, we got drinking. we booked. <laughs> just started drinking. Yeah. What are you guys fucking talking about? We're we're going all the way with this one. <laughs> oh my god well veronica no honestly we, we do want to respect your time but this has been fantastic to to meet you i do want to send you some money and get some pair of those rabbits. oh yeah ears, put those ears or, up or the money what I'll are send, they actually... so i'll send you the girls uh please. instagram yeah. and yep. um they're 25 dollars. yeah please and, do um then i want a picture 
You have to tell her like you have to tell her what you want because she makes them custom. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm absolutely gonna get someone. I will wear them and I will I will send you a picture. These no are question. a really pretty color. I think these would look great on you. Do you think like light blue is kind of my color. thing? Yeah. I mean, I think pink I mean, is fine too. I might need some Viking purple, but maybe those are too dark. I don't. Viking know. purple mm. sounds. I bet like, they can do it. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, that yeah. sounds good. Well, guys, let's like Veronica. Any any other final words, man? We we appreciated having you on here. Anything else you want to share? I appreciate being um, brought on to this misogynist uh, show. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. You guys have treated me very unfairly and uh, mans- mansplained everything to me. So Okay, because okay. now what we're going to check. Do, right? No, well, actually, Veronica, no, what well, we actually did. Well, that's not actually true. Yeah, what we did here is... We had a very fair interview. Now, maybe you didn't notice that. But we can, when you watch the recording, you'll see. Oh, it's just gross. All right. Well, we'll let you go. We're going to do some community (laughs) events, Veronica. You can can knock out of here, but thank you so much. Uh, People want to connect. I know angry underscore Pollock. I always say Pollock. Pollock. Pollock is like a skin tag, isn't it? Like Bart Hansen Hansen used to call me angry Pollock. And (laughs) I was like, I'm not a skin tag, Bart. Like, where are you getting this pronunciation? Angry Polak. Well, you need Polak. to spell the word Polak, right? I mean, it just, uh, that's not Why right the way you spell it. Polak. Polak. Minnesota. Polak. It's, it's oh, Minnesota, Minnesota, Veronica. You're, you're banging your head against a wall. I've been banging it against I... for years. Okay, just give up. Colors. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, have a little honor, to... sir. Hey, do you, you want to drop a little Polish on us? Can you, can, <laughs> it, can you say, welcome to the Rec Poker Podcast in Polish or no? Uh, so um, Dzień dobry ludzi do Rec Poker Podcast. Hey, all right. Anybody believe her that she even was close? I don't know. She's making it all. Now I found my new ringtone. I, I used to go to Poland almost every summer as a child, mm. and um, I haven't been involved in a Polish community for years. And I've lived in the States, I think now 13 years. So it's been a long time. I grew up with a Polish community, went to Polish school. And then Gigi Poker's like, hey, you want to do some Polish content? And I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm fucking fluent. And then I realized, (laughs) holy shit, it's been so long since I've actually spoken Polish. And if I spent like three months in Poland, I'd be back and it'd be fine. But like, oh my God, it was so brutal. So it was supposed to be a two-part recording. They canceled the second part. They were like, no, we're good. (laughs) Like. I understand. It's okay. I thanks appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> like, thanks, guys. Like, they, I mean, like I said, GG Poker's been uh, more than um, more than uh, wonderful to me with giving me opportunities. So yeah, I love it. Well, delightful. Thank you. Uh, we'll be in touch. If you have trouble connecting with Veronica, let us know. We'll. I feel we'll like get Steve you and I just had a one night stand, and he's like calling an Uber for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, can can she? She's had too much to drink. Um, yeah, can you can you help me? Out? We're, we're done here. Um. <laughs> All right, guys, have have a good night. All right, Veronica. Thank you, we'll Veronica. Thanks, Veronica. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that was fun all right guys oh. what, what's sticking with you <laughs> uh, where do you begin there that was great that was a great interview that was fun. it really was it was really wide-ranging she's been so involved in so many different parts of uh poker in the past few years i mean she's been kind of a, a centerpiece to it so it, it, was, sure. it was just fun to talk to her about all that stuff 
And I'm just glad we finally get the truth out about K.L. Clayton because, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, yeah. he's, he's put up this facade of being this nice guy for too long and I'm not going to stand for it. You know, this very is cleans- very cleansing. Yeah. I feel better. I feel it's like good. I got it you off know, my the chest. The more people who confirm just how much of a villain he really is, it's, yeah. it's, it's good. It's yeah. good for the Biggest whole. For, for... <laughs> <laughs> Even if he does know a good Canadian beer like Moosehead, I still, yeah. still, you're a jerk, Kale. Yeah, I'm just Rodinell. really glad that she doesn't know me. Otherwise, I might be <laughs> well. You know, Kale Cleeton, I'm next. <laughs> well, my, my wife, Tracy, has never listened to the podcast. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping this isn't the one that she chooses to listen to because I might not make 30. I only got a couple months still. Well, I'm not going to mention the silver fox with the uh, white logo this week <laughs> right. then either because I don't want to get you in any extra trouble. But oh everyone should go check out the YouTube version of this yeah, if they want to see was... it. She's funny, boy. boy. She is. Yeah. She was funny. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, sure. should we should we hear what Jonathan Little has to say, and then we'll kind of get to some of our community happenings. Sounds like a plan. All right, Jim. Have you ever you wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? What do you do with Ace King when you miss the flop? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little, and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com, where we offer over a 1,000 interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at PokerCoaching.com slash RecPoker right now. And again, John Little, I was Jonathan, I was talking to him just the other day. He said that you get a money back guarantee if you don't think it was good value. So go to pokercoaching.com slash rec poker and take him up on it. Good guy. Check it out. Love it. Well, as we mentioned uh, at the outset and kind of gloss over pretty quick to get to Veronica, we are a few of us, uh, John, right over there. I see John right over there. Amazing. Hi, John. Uh, we are, uh, we have Dave Barker, Carl Woodington's going to be here. Andrew Feist is going to be here. Joe Bernard. I know we've got uh, George Sanford, Bob Waters. Uh, who else said that they're going to be a bunch of people said they're going to be down here. We're down in Iowa and we've made the road trip down to the run good poker series. And we kick off tomorrow morning with the seniors event, a bounty tournament, and then throughout the week. So uh, by the time you hear this, it'll be over. So hopefully we have some hardware. We're bringing home uh, the great, the great uh, offer by John Somsky there, which is super, super cool uh, for KL, but uh, that's where we are. So uh, things look a little bit different. They maybe sound a little different because a couple of us are on, on remote, but uh, with that, uh, John, what do you say about home games, man? You want to give us some updates? Absolutely. And I'll start by interrupting myself. On the uh, way down here, <laughs> on the drive down, we drove down together with Steve. And he says, I mean, I can tell you, he talked the entire time. <laughs> That's why his but I did get one question in to him on the way down. And that question was, you know, what are some of your favorite rec poker times? What are the your favorite things from being involved with them and some obvious ones, some of the pre- past podcasts and our uh, rec poker day at running aces was in there. But I have a feeling if I were to ask that question right now, I might get another uh, entry into that particular uh, question answer to that question right now. So great podcast. Would, would you say, oh, so my answer would be the ride down with John Somsky to Iowa? <laughs> well, of course. That's what I was talking Obviously. about. Obviously. <laughs> no, I, of course, mean the uh, interview with Veronica Durrell. That was super fun. Yeah, that was a good one. 
All right. Well, let's get to the important things. And uh, <laughs> important. that sounded really bad. I just feel. Hey, like hey, John, what, what part of Rec Booker are you in charge of again? Oh, it's this part. It's this part that's coming up. Okay. Yeah, so, exactly. It's the important thing segment. <laughs> All of the rest of this was just filler. And now we're getting to what everyone really wants to hear. Of course, who won the home games? Pretty pretty soon, we're just going to be texting John when it's time for him to join for a home game up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll make me sit there and wait just like we do with Jonathan Little. <laughs> okay, so for the Daily Series Tournament of Champions that was played on June 14th, none other than Gloves 1010 wow. won the Tournament of Champions silver to pin win club. a silver pin. And nice this job, is his Colin. second silver pin. Wow. What? He is yeah. the first two-time yeah. embarrassment of riches. No asterisk. Save some for the rest of us. And no not asterisk. only did he win uh, the pin this year, but he technically won his previous pin last year. So he actually gets both pins. You know, you're only allowed to win oh, one a year. Right. But now he's I going do to be not think first two that pins. is going to be replicated for a very long time. It's going to be tough. Well, I mean, the only tough. player on this panel who has a silver pin is the worst one among us. It's so. true. It's well, true ast- by a long asterisk. Well, yeah. Asterisk. Yeah. I thought I was going to get another asterisk this past week with my double buy. Oh, we'll get to that a little later, but didn't quite work out that way. Sorry, I'll let you get up another full head of steam, John, then we'll come right back in and touch you out of the knees. Yep. Yep. But anyway, really impressive. Congratulations, Colin. Colin. Then for our nightly series, a big deal, 1992, won his or her first nightly series victory uncle tom's cabin jeff s got his third for the year that's quite impressive nicely done and then the name that i can never pronounce (laughs) is ma spike got his third victory for the year captain walleye rob ansom got his third for the year as well seven of the good time victory in the daily series nicely done rob then of course, now I have to say it again. Yep. Inma, Spike. <laughs> oh, it's different got, this time. Yeah, that yeah, wasn't the same one as there. last time. Tried it's still the one he's working off so, of it. <laughs> before, when I said he got his third, that was actually his second. This one oh, is his third. For okay, the all right. Nice and done, Spike. Dewey 13, Stuart Carriage. Is that how you pronounce that? Carriage? I think that's it. Carriage. Okay. Yep. Got his fifth nightly series victory this year and it was on the last night before he moved into his new house so i don't know if i'm breaking news to the world but congratulations Stu, and um good luck on let's get the new place all set up i'm excited for you well you know i don't think anyone could ever have a better housewarming gift than that than right a, a rec poker daily series free money tournament exactly. <laughs> how could you even imagine something <laughs> exactly. more exciting yeah it really made it, it really gave him something <laughs> to celebrate that day yeah <laughs> Exactly. And then on to our, our this is I'm not gonna be able to finish. Uh, on to our mixed games, Ace Booyah, Greg won hit the mixed daily series event for the week. And international events, East Coast bitter Ben. Nicely done, Ben. Fifth international series victory. And technically is Canadian, so he it even makes it really sense. was. It really was international. Exactly. exactly. And then Hunter H. Oh. Uh, 1017 Hunter Hawes got his first international victory for the year. Well played, Hunter. 
And then we are on to our LPP Sunday event. Diabolicu, David Admanson got his first victory. So be sure to go ahead and contact Jim Reed, and then he will get you in touch so you can get your free month at Learn Pro Poker. Congratulations, David. Let's be in touch. And the last but definitely not least, we had our very first Heads Up event for our daily series. And Kelly S. 1962-20, Kelly Stork, <laughs> was the victor in that uh, event and will be participating in Marek Madness in 2022. And so John, congratulations, Kelly. And John, she had to beat her way through quite a stiff field of competition, if memory serves. She, she took yeah, me out, the- and then she took you out. Right, but well, other than that, that, she had some stiff competition. Yeah, yeah, she had a buy yeah. in the final. In the final. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> and just, just to give, uh, yeah. So I mean, fantastic, Kelly. Uh, it's so fun to see her winning this stuff. Mm. She's, she's just a delight. Uh, anyway, but like, John was. I didn't have a chance to play the heads up tournament, but we were kind of going through on the way down when you know when when I let John talk. Um, <laughs> I had asked him, you know, like who he went through. Like he got to the championship, lost to Kelly in the championship. But John, share like who the people were that you encountered along the way like this. And I know some of you guys don't know who all these people are, but in the home games, you'll know, like this was not a small feat. Like who were you, who were you up against in your different rounds, John? So now I'm trying to remember the names of everyone, but the first one was uh, Cabalouche. He's a, he's a new player from Brazil. Oh. He's won already two or three tournaments. I know this player. And when I got him as my first round, now he was late a little bit to the beginning tournament. And I was trying to kind of slow play to let him catch up. So, but that one, that first match definitely has an asterisk. Cause I probably had an extra couple hundred chips when it started, when he actually showed up for that. And I managed to win that one. Uh, I played uh, pet vet mm. and um, evidently I luck boxed her. I played uh, <laughs> Wolfman. Oh, got man. past that one. And then, of course, I had to play uh, Kelly as well. I think there was someone else in there, too, but I'm not remembering all of the matches. And unfortunately, I was going to make this nice bracket so we could see who played who. But after the tournament is over, there's no way for me to gather the information of how the matches played out, who mm. played who in the individual matches. So we don't have that information. But it was still an excellent event. If you have any feedback on how it went, any suggestions, things you liked, things you didn't like, go ahead and let me know. You can contact John at rec.poker. And uh, we're looking forward. The next uh, event for the Heads Up will be in September. September. I was just just so amazed. Like, you guys have played the home game. So that Brazilian person is just taking it by storm. They're, They're a crusher. And then you got Kim Kilroy, pet vet, who's won everything. He's fantastic. <laughs> and then, you know, Wolfman is Adam Wolf, who's ARW in the forums. And if you ever looked at any of his stuff, he's just a great thinker, too. So it was impressive uh, for John to run the gauntlet. So I couldn't quite get it done. But way to go, John. Uh, pe- great feedback from people that have just loved the heads up idea. So uh, hopefully there'll be more of that in our future. I know I know you're thinking about doing two of those a day. So <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Jones, uh, anything on the content side of things you want to go over? I, you know, I think we've covered most of it recently, but just a reminder that uh, we're shifting gears with our focus series, our, our monthly study group, and we're going to be diving into the Inside the Mind of the Pro series. 
Uh, I think there's going to be some really good conversations on that. So if you missed the first one, you can still find it in our archive. And even if you want to just skip the first one, come to the next one, just have uh, watched the episode uh, that's posted uh, in the in the forums there. Awesome. How about you, Jim? Anything, anything that uh, either for you or some of the folks that aren't on the panel tonight that I, you want to bring up? I guess I should say that um, just in the big picture, um, we're making some changes to the website. So we're releasing all our free videos on YouTube now. So some members were complaining that, oh, it's too hard to tell which are the free videos and which ones are the premium videos. You guys put out so many videos is a way to make it kind of easier to tell. So we listened. We're just putting all the free videos out on YouTube. Um, so everyone should go to YouTube, look up the Rec Poker community and uh, subscribe there. We put out videos six days a week. There is a new video between YouTube or our uh, premium trading videos at Rec Poker. Uh, there's one going out six days a week to go check that out. And I was looking at the schedule because we're making some changes to the calendar. Five days a week, there's a live opportunity to engage with other recreational poker players, whether it's in the evening or the afternoon. We're trying to do some stuff for different time zones. And that doesn't even count the home games. There's also home games, 10 of those a week. Um, so go check all that out and um, go to YouTube and try more of those uh, free videos there. We, we put out so much good stuff. We want everyone to be able to see it. Yeah. And obviously we know that most people aren't going to be able to consume all of it. So it's really, oh we try to put stuff out there that's going to appeal to you. So find the stuff that you're interested in. If you're not sure what that is, get a hold of us and we can walk you through and maybe give you some advice on where to go. Uh, Rob isn't on here tonight, but the book study, Michael Acevedo uh, is another option for people that say, man, I'd love to read a book, but I'd love to read a book with other people and engage and kind of dissect it and, and take it as long, take as long as we need to, to, in, to engage and kind of, dig into that stuff. That's a great option as well. So a lot of really good stuff happening on there. Well, anything else guys, Mr. Somsky? I just wanted to point out that 10 is greater than six is greater than five. So maybe that segment I was doing really is the most important of, maybe not. Math. <laughs> Math is overrated. <laughs> Somsky, yeah, and if, if that was only all you ever did, like he's got, he's got his hands and everything, man, he's fantastic. Well, anything else, guys? I know it's a long one, but Veronica was fantastic. We didn't want to cut that short, and I know we could have talked longer, uh, but it was it was great stuff. Anything else we want to share? Ring up. All right, guys, well, make sure you go to go to rec.poker, all right? Here's what we say every week, but go get, check out the premium membership. I mean, free membership is great, uh, but premium gets you a ton of stuff. You can even be part of this podcast. Like we had members on here tonight. If you're a premium member, you can actually be on the podcast, chatting, asking questions in the chat, all that kind of stuff. Five bucks for the first month. Go to rec.poker, sign up, use the code recpoker. It gets 10 bucks off your first, whether you're monthly or annual. So it could be five bucks for the first month. So please go check that out. But thank you to Veronica Brill, uh, John Somsky, Chris Jones, Jim Reed. Fantastic stuff, you guys. Uh, Running Aces Casino Racetrack and Hotel, the best sponsor ever. Website, AMP, and the great Mark Bershon. We'll catch you guys all next week. 